AI is a really popular topic right now, right? Chat GPT, like that is a generative AI model. There's a whole other iterative AI model that nobody really talks about, but. That was Ryan Lockey from OnSpring. In this podcast, we have a really interesting conversation around communication in GRC and compliance through superior information transparency. Ryan is also an esports aficionado, and so he talks about what he learned from esports and how it applies to the GRC and compliance space. I know you'll enjoy this episode of the FCPA Compliance Report. As we move into 2024, have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? Well, if you have and you have any questions, please contact me. I can help. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox, back for another episode, and I'm thrilled today to have Ryan Lahey with me. Ryan, first of all, welcome. Thank you. Thanks for having me, Tom. So, Ryan, uh, could you tell us a little bit about your professional background and your current role? Yeah. Yeah, so a little bit on my background. I have uh, been working kind of in the GRC space for about 12 years now. I started out my career at a medical device company implementing a GRC platform. Um, so we went through and did vendor and compliance and risk and kind of those use cases and built those in. And then, you know, unfortunately, based on a reduction in force, I took a job at a startup consulting company to, you know, kind of run that GRC practice and do GRC consulting. So for about 10 years, I was a GRC consultant. I've laid out many, many different programs from governance, risk, compliance programs, vendor programs, vulnerability management, SOC programs, things like that. Um, and really all of those kind of use cases all wrapped up into a, a platform, usually a GRC platform. Sometimes it was a, a different platform based on the use case, but really, you know, kind of took my career you know, kind of down that path, right? And after, after a while, about eight years in or so, I became the director of professional services there. I was able to run kind of that team and that program. And then um, I was looking for something new. And that's where I landed here at OnSpring. Uh, so for about two years now, I've been the director of platform. And what that means is that, you know, my main responsibilities is creating uh, requirements based on like an enhancements from our clients, as well as, you know, other places that we're seeing in, in the industry, uh, running in running the kind of the platform side of the house. So, you know, running releases, running, uh, hot fixes or, or patches, things like that, if we need to, um, and then just kind of the general all, uh, release management of, of the platform. Can I maybe take a step back and ask you what yeah. is on spring and what do you guys provide? Yeah. Yeah. So on spring is a, a SaaS GRC platform or a business process automation platform. We provide a couple different things. Uh, first, the platform itself. So we are a, an automation platform, a low code, no code platform. So we're able to automate, you know, steps in uh, business processes and use cases and things like that. And then we also too offer out of the box products. So, you know, really thinking about those use cases compliance management, risk management, and we have that for a wide array of maturities. So 
um, you know, with companies that, you know, potentially aren't very mature in those areas. We have products for that. And then also for uh, mature companies as well. And then really kind of that platform and product together, we're very configurable. So we're able to do really anything that you set your mind to in that sense. And then outside of that, uh, we do have uh, some services where we do API integrations and uh, the use case rollouts and things like that. Ryan, every compliance professional I know, uh, literally from a company with one product who may think they only have to comply with a small number of laws to the multinationals that you deal with on a regular basis, always has the concern about how do I keep abreast of current regulations in my field? How do I know what I'm doing today fulfills the legal and regulatory compliance for legal and regulatory compliance requirements? And how can I have a unified environment where I'm comfortable that I can advise the business? How does um, Onspring really help with that, create that unified environment for the compliance professional? Yeah, that's a great question. And when I think about Onspring, you know, I think about you know, kind of a central platform where a lot of teams are, are working in, right? And, and compliance is definitely going to be one of those. And when you when you think about regulations and and maintaining those, you usually are working with some sort of regulatory source, right? So that could be, um, you know, based on based on your industry, that could be PCI, it could be you know healthcare, it could be you know all the way down the line, right? Socks, socks, etc. Um, and then with what OnSpring will do is that, you know, based on, on these contents, we can go out and get that information and pull that into a centralized source for you, um, and work with different integration partners to, to bring that content in. So like these partners out there, they will continuously keep regulations updated for you, create alerts, things like that. OnSpring will go out and grab that information and bring it back in and then alert your team. Hey, uh, you know, this control has changed or this citation regulation has changed, uh, you know, please review, right? And kind of go through that uh, regulatory management process there. And then, you know, kind of outside of outside of bringing that together, you can talk about, you know, looking at things like gap analysis, right? And, and how, in, like, how to link these controls together, like going with something that's like a little bit of a unified compliance framework, right? Like we are partners with the UCF, so we do bring that in. But when you think about linking these regulations together and, um, you know, taking a look at a gap analysis, it's, you know, I want to bring in this new reg that just came down. Do we already support these controls? Do we not, you know, where, where do we need to go from there? Uh, that's a pretty sophisticated analysis where you can look at a new reg and see if you have the controls in place to meet it, or if you need to, uh, um, create a new control or perhaps even modify existing controls. How do you help a compliance professional think through that process? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, that, that all goes kind of back to, you know, here's the regulation and here's maybe the controls that are inside of your internal environment. And when you bring those, bring those things into OnSpring, you're bringing in those controls into a place that has a common language, right? So you're talking about citations and, and control names, right? Like those become one in talking about descriptions and things like that. So when you take a look at those regulations and your internal controls or your policy statements and things like that, you can start to see similar language. And then with OnSpring, you're able to map those together through relationships. And then through those relationships is where you're really going to leverage that reporting 
and say, hey, you know, am I, you know, of the 20 regulations here, how many controls, internal controls do I have tied to those? And then you can see your gaps pretty easily from there. Granted, that's a pretty simplified view, but, and it takes a long time to get there, but that's something that is a complete end case for us. So in 2017, for my sins, I created a spreadsheet where I took the COSO internal controls framework, five objectives, 17 principles, 84 points of focus, and mapped it against the then 10 hallmarks and effective compliance program with three key KPIs for each hallmark. Um, and it was a very, very, very large spreadsheet. Mm -hmm. uh, my sense is you've evolved a little bit past that. <laughs> and the, so, but in 2015, that was revolutionary in terms of a gap analysis around our corruption compliance professionals. What you've described is almost I don't want to say continuous controls monitoring, but maybe continuous gap analysis, and it allows a compliance professional to keep anything really from slipping through the cracks. Right. Yep. Yeah. And then if you, again, if you leverage some of those content partners out there and, and bring that information in, you know, you have somebody else that's that's going out there and looking for updates for you and, and packaging those alerts into the platform, and then you're using workflow you know, to kind of define that uh, regulatory change management process for you. The, um, let's talk about workflow then, because yeah. uh, I advocate that effective compliance actually makes your business more efficient because I believe good compliance is essentially good controls and whether it's financial controls or other, but the having that process where you can look at your gaps and more importantly have a workflow for it is so critical when you sit down with a grc professional or even chief compliance officer are they a lawyer like me who may or may not understand workflow where you're really having to educate it or has the market matured or at least your client base matured enough that you can move uh, a little bit further down in your discussions with them yeah so i'm going to give the the consulting answer here and that just it depends right um i, I you know and it, and it really does it really depends on where you know where the client is at in their maturity where you know where the background of that individual is um you know in in graphs grasp of the area um you know workflow is something that is very important in in compliance process just processes in general right so you know, being able to leverage a tool like OnSpring in workflow, you're able to go ahead and, you know, create something that's that's automated, right? So when you used to have to, you know, take a look at controls in a, in a spreadsheet and then you kind of updated them um, and then you had to go back and review them, but didn't really get notifications and things like that. Now you're bringing that in, inside of a platform that is that is automated in the sense that you can review these things on you know review these controls on a specified frequency you're able to you know get notifications you can include other teams inside of your review you can you kind of do all of those things inside of that those workflow steps and then you know keep that moving along right i mean i think one of the biggest things with process is that i'll send an email we're all really busy uh right so i'll send an email to maybe you to to review and you got busy and kind of drop the ball maybe um, 
where you know, like OnSpring is can continuously send out notifications and reminders and say, Hey, Tom, uh, you got something to take a look at, right? So, you know, click this link, log in, um, you know, let's push this, push this to completion. Who do you typically see on a GRC team and why is it so critical that a compliance professional literally uh, go across the aisle to work with a GRC team? Yeah, no. So, I mean, like on the GRC team, you know, you, you're thinking about like the, the audit team, the compliance team, uh, the risk team themselves. Right. And, you know, it's very important for compliance to, you know, I think everybody kind of works in their silos and have their bridges, but to like kind of knock those bridges down and, and really work together in one centralized place. I think that with the, with compliance, there's a lot of good information that risk and audit can use. Right. And there's a lot of good information that compliance can get from those two teams as well. So when you talk about kind of a centralized area and a centralized location, you know, compliance is, you know, reviewing those controls, going through that process. They're, they're doing policy management. They're doing control operating tests. They're, they're housing evidence, right? They're, you know, providing requests and things like that. Well, along that way, all of those things also become a little bit of like, become audit items right um and, and if controls are performing not up to standard those become risks right and, and inside of a platform like onspring you're able to go ahead and connect all those things together and risk can be alerted hey there was a control that failed right um with audit in general like your internal audit team maybe they don't need to ask those questions that compliance just did they just look inside of inside of onspring and they say yep this evidence is satisfactory. I don't need to ask. Um, I don't need to ask the business owner for new firewall logs or something like that. Uh, perhaps unintentionally, so far in this podcast, Ryan, we focused on. I'm going to say internal stakeholders, but there's a whole another universe out there called external stakeholders. Yeah. So, could you talk to us a little bit about OnSpring's portal platform and how that facilitates? basically everything we've been talking about except with external stakeholders and why working with external stakeholders is not a one and done. I have a contract. That's it. Why you really need an ongoing relationship. Yeah. So, yeah. So just recently OnSpring announced the, the portal feature itself. OnSpring portal is, you know, when you think about portals and GRC tools, you think about vendor management, right? I have a vendor that logs in, they respond to a survey they log out. Well, in OnSpring's version of the portal, it is use case agnostic. And I think compliance is one of those use cases um, that really stands out in this. So the what the portal is able to do is create a, a branded and guided experience for your stakeholders. So when, you, when we talk about internal, they're logging in to something that is branded and comfortable for them. But when you talk about like external stakeholders that need to log in like external audit, um, they're logging in through that through that portal in something that is branded and guided and permissioned so they can only see the pieces of evidence that they need to comply with or will read and uh, review right um, and that that information can be collaborative in that one source so what makes the portal you know super powerful in that sense is that everybody is together in a centralized source in a collaborative environment speaking the same language and they're able to, you know, work together as a team to progress these goals versus seeming something that is maybe a little bit com- 
you know, potentially combative with an outside source. Is the information in the portal, in this source, is it auditable? Yes. Yep. Everything is auditable inside of, inside of the OnSpring platform and the portal itself. Because in a regulator's mind, if it's not auditable, it never happened. Whether right. that could be an external regulator, it could be an internal auditor, it could be someone else, uh, another stakeholder looking at your organization. So I'm always concerned with or about auditability. I'm mm-hmm. having trouble articulating that word today. So That's a tough abso- word. Absolutely. Um, the, um, I'm really intrigued by where you see all of this down the road, but I want to overlay AI into that. And how either you see it, maybe OnSpring sees it, mm-hmm. something you might have uh, down the road. How do we think about the use of AI with some of the tools you've described and some of the challenges we've discussed? Yeah, so, I mean, AI is a really popular topic right now, right? Um, Chat GPT, you know, like that is a generative AI model. There's a whole other, you know, kind of iterative AI model that nobody really talks about, but um, you know, there's a lot of different models and it, and you know, that is a, a wild west right now. Like I feel like that industry changes literally every day, every, every week, every month. Right. And, you know, when we think about AI moving forward from, you know, 2024, 2025, there, there's a couple areas of, of focus, right? One, how to, how to use AI inside of your own company or a, a platform like ours, right? And two, how's it going to be regulated? There's a lot of different, you know, kind of ideas out there about, you know, policy and things like that. But regulation is really one thing that, you know, really is going to drive this industry forward and in, in how it gets used. So when we talk about regulation, um, you know, like that's going to drive the policies, right? To drive the compliance piece of how, how we use this, the controls in place, you know, making sure we're not leaking data to, a different, you know, leaking data to a outside public model and things like that, right? So that's kind of the the regulatory piece there along long AI in, in, you know, the next few years. I mean, maybe there's just a chance that AI writes its own policies. I don't, I don't have any idea at this point. Uh, that's how much it's changing. But as far as, you know, what does it look like inside of a process, right? There's, there's a lot of natural language processing and things that can happen that are really beneficial to compliance organizations. And they can use those modeling and, you know, to kind of pull out trends and things like that. So, but, you know, really when we think about it in using it into a platform like OnSpring, you know, it's, it's really the beginning, right? And we have to be very careful in, you know, where data is shared and in what models are where, right? And there's a lot of things to kind of uh, think about and explore in that sense. But really for me as you know, the, the director of platform, I really want to hear from our clients, how is AI going to be effective for you, right? Because OnSpring may have an idea of, hey, AI is really effective in all these areas. But if, they, if that doesn't resonate with our clients, it's really not helpful at all. Um, so really, I mean, for us right now, it's, it's really exploring what AI can provide and what it can do, and then mesh that with real-world use cases and, and help the efficiencies of, of our clients. Ron, we're nearing the end of our time for this episode, but I have a series of bonus questions I want to ask you, and I 
came across these in doing a little research on you for this podcast. And you actually live in another world other than GRC. And that's the world of esports. And I want to preface my series of questions with, I think I have these numbers right. 69 million people went to a baseball game in the past season. 73 million people play esports. Uh, and it's a whole world that exists to many people like me, or I don't, I don't know how it exists or what it entails. So could you just say a little bit about your role in esports and why it is so hugely popular? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I could probably spend hours talking about it. Um, so a, li- a little bit of background on myself. I mean, in high school, right, middle school, high school, college, I was drawn to video games, big video gamer. Um, when, you know, kind of stepped out of that, you know, started my professional life and, and really continued, like how I connected with a lot of my friends was through video games. Um, and really kind of, you know, that connection in the competitive world of, you know, esports and things like that. Um, I and another co-founder created an, an esports organization, uh, which was, you know, when you think about an esports organization, you know, you are hiring teams or creating teams that play certain video games, right? Um, with, you know, in, in really that can be a lot of, a lot of different video games out there, right? So there's like Rocket League and, and Halo and Valorant and the one that we were in, Heroes of the Storm, which was a, a Blizzard title. Um, you know, we, we kind of created that team and then we ran it, you know, when you think about esports, right. You think about these kids, they're younger, they're, you know, you go through contracts and, and you create kind of a business around this, but you treat it much like a professional sports league um, and a professional sports team. So all of our, you know, all of our, I guess, competitors, right. In the space or the other organizations, you know, our players received, you know, all sorts of like what you would think professional athletes would receive, right? They had uh, physical trainers, they had um, sports psychologists. They, they went through just like whole classes on how to be able, be able to communicate in a team of five, which I think is very, very important. I think just communicating in general, very important. Right. So um, that, that side in that space, you know, a few years ago was, completely exploding. Um, and it still is continued to grow. Um, the, where the space is kind of heading now is a little, is a little bit different where it was really kind of team and organization focused, but these larger companies like Amazon creating the Twitch platform, um, or by basically buying Justin TV, which became Twitch and, and the streaming platform and these streaming influencers. Now people are creating brands around themselves. Um, and these esports organizations are supporting brands, so they're really becoming kind of agents at this point in time, um, and to, to kind of help grow a, a streaming side and a in a streaming culture with their with their players. You know, I'm going to actually take you up on the offer to talk to you about this for hours, but I'm going to do that on another podcast. Sure. And I'm going to yeah. leave you the question to ponder: uh, What? Do you can you bring crossover from the esports world to the GRC space? I have to answer it now, but that's going to be what I really want to explore with you because I'm just starting to explore that question too. I mean, just a, a little preface on that: it's just teamwork yeah. and communication. Period. Like the being able to communicate effectively 
inefficiently in high stress situations or stressful situations is something that you'd carry over to a, a compliance life for sure. Wow. That's uh, wasn't even the direction I was thinking. This is great. Um, unfortunately now we are at the end of our time, Ryan, but before we leave, I wanted to ask you if our listeners wanted any more information on yourself on OnSpring or really any of the topics we've touched on, what would be the best place or places for them to go? Yeah. Yep. So, you know, uh, for my for myself, you can definitely uh, check me out on LinkedIn um, at you know Ryan Lockheed, <laughs> of course. Uh, and then it, with with OnSpring OnSpring.com, uh, you're able to to go there. Pretty awesome website that we have. You know, kind of laid out. You can do your own like use case tours and demos, kind of through through our website. You can request uh, demos and times and things like that through there as well. We have a ton of literature and. Uh, research on um, use cases that were were created inside of OnSpring that have brought in efficiencies to our to our clients. And I'm going to shout out to your, exactly what you just named the resource section. There are a ton of free resources that literally every GRC and compliance professional can avail themselves of. So whoever does that for your team, thank you. Yeah. Uh, and uh, Ryan, uh, I look forward to continuing this conversation. Absolutely, looking forward to it, Tom. This is Tom Fox again. I hope you've enjoyed this presentation on the new software tool, the Culture Audit. Once again, this is something that I am marketing jointly with Sam Silverstein and the Accountability Institute. The Culture Audit software tool allows you to perform an assessment of your corporate culture as required by the Department of Justice in the 2023 Evaluation of Corporate Compliance Programs. If you'd like more information on it, I've linked to our scheduling app in the show notes, and you can set up a call to talk to Sam or myself. Thanks for listening. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.